0: Hello, this is another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Sales for Bone Adhesives. And I'm
1: Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How we doing, Rob? Pretty good. You okay?
0: Yes, sir. You trying a new intro? You trying something no. new there? I'm worried about people using my voice on artificial intelligence
1: yes i can see that yeah
0: you yeah
1: yeah that would really trick them yeah the stuttering and the stammering and all that they think wow that's a real person and
0: no it's thank you it's ai um this episode today we're we're uh we're going to do is called it all starts with the setup and you know and it goes to um you know um the basics of, of, of doing floors and, and doing things the right way. Rob, I had a guest over the weekend. This guy is 72 years old. He's my cousin. Okay. He's 72 years old. He looks like he's 50. Okay. Um, he was an all American football player in, 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 in college. He was a better baseball player. They say than football, He played basketball also in, in high school and, and, um, He's in he's in Alameda County, first team, all first team running back, all time. Uh, there's hundred schools in Alameda County. He's on the, the college he graduated. He's on the all fifty year team, defensive back. So he's a stud, okay. And I've never been around anybody of this ilk, this kind of character before. Where like all his friends, like he ran triathlons in in Hawaii and what have you. And and and, and he's in he's in phenomenal shape, okay and um everything he does is resolved around, revolved around sports like everything is sports and um it, i've never seen anybody quite like it in my life the amount of energy this guy has it was draining the couple of days he was with me i enjoy his company thoroughly but the energy level that this dude has is insane and we were talking about sports i asked him what, what you know what you're coaching because now he, he he coaches other kids or whatever and um I said, what do you, what do you tell them when, you, when you're coaching them? He goes, you never give a kid more than five things to remember. Because five things, any more than five things they're going to forget. He goes, but it all starts with putting on your socks properly and your shoes. Get them on there so you don't get blisters. Then you get, then getting, you get your shoes on and make sure you have a good pair of shoes and they fit perfectly because that's the foundation. And then you come up to your core. And I'm thinking, damn, this man is 72 years old, man. It is still, it is amazing how he talks about the fundamentals and all these different types of things. So, um, you are uh, the same guy when it comes to uh, the, your approach to hardwood floors, um, machine setup, and all these different type of things that you preach all the time with the belts and everything. If you don't have a good foundation, then you can't expect it's uh, you can't expect good results if you're not doing the little things to set yourself up for, for success. I agree. And, um,
1: I always thought that would be something, especially as we get guys who have been, um, you know, working the plan now for 15, 20 years in the business Santa floors and everything. And I always thought that I would just gloss over during some of our trainings about setting up your register, the footprint on the drum. You know, I I always thought that, I mean, back when I first started training, eventually I'll just kind of gloss over that and, you know, not get into it. But I'm amazed every training that, you know, I flip a drum over and show them the the, uh, the undercarriage and why we run it in a certain direction and the footprint set up and things like that. I'm always blown away by guys who have been doing it for a long time go, you know, they just start shaking their head like, you got to be kidding me. Well, you know, a, a lot of those guys who come into the training are, are like you and I, where you and I, when we started, we started with drum sanders, which was a totally different direction, right side of the room to left. They were set up to cut heavy on the left and light on the right, heavy cut, feather cut, so you always finish with your feather cut. And we were the generation that went to the, drum, the uh, belt sander from the drum center, which is totally opposite. And not only were we doing it wrong, but then we taught a whole new generation of guys, the same, the same thing going the wrong direction. You run from right to left. So I was always surprised how many young guys didn't know that, but it was because they were taught by guys like us who never, you know, we talked in the last episode about going to classes and going to schools and everything. I would have never known it. I would have never known the direction meant anything uh, until I met a guy who I taught, you know, I argued with him for 15 minutes and then he just started laughing. He flipped the machine over and said, this is why. And I looked at him and said, you win. You're absolutely right. This is the absolute reason why. So, uh, like I said, I always thought that I would gloss over things like that, but no, it's still like like you said the guy was talking about how to put his shoes and socks and everything on. Man, you got to start every single day with checking your footprint on
0: your machines. You got to You know, I don't think you have to be a a great player to to be a great coach. But I don't know if you have to be a a great floor man to be uh to a good trainer. But there are a million little things that you talk about i mean a million little things that that add up to making a huge difference and then there's certain scenarios that those things change light sources and different things that we'll talk about so there's so many things that you that you learn over the course of a career that um i don't know how you could get it any other way you know what i mean? I mean, there, there's, been, there's been great athletes. Gretzky, you mentioned the other day, was a great, I mean, obviously great great athlete is a horrible coach. I mean, there's those guys because I think there's other things that come into play, managing other people and everything. But I, I just think the, the, there's so many small idiosyncrasies that, that you learn over the years that, that makes, makes someone really a great trainer.
1: Well, you know what they say, those who can't
0: coach. I know they say that, but I don't necessarily believe it. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. But I like that.
1: That was kind of a half a compliment, I think, what you just said.
0: Necessarily believe it? Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I was no, a very- you don't have to be a great floor guy to be a great trainer yeah I wasn't necessarily thinking about you at that time you know I think you're a great trainer you know that for sure yeah yeah I,
1: I, and do. I think I, I think, appreciate, I, I, I appreciate I think, that you do you and I fight a lot we have a lot of fun but yeah you do um give me the props when it comes to training I do appreciate yeah that.
0: and I think you uh you you downplay your 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 sanding your uh prowess uh in in your career so um with speed everything was speed back in the day yeah well you know what i mean there's a reason why we got a whole bunch of mcdonald's restaurants out there you know what i mean there's a reason why why motel six has got hundreds of places across the country there's a there's a reason for though you need those too, right not everybody's going to be a holiday inn or uh or hampton inn <laughs> you got to have it all but as long as you know what you're you know as long as you know your you know what i mean what your goal is you know what i mean What what your mission is. I think that's the important thing.
1: Uh, We got some good pictures of footprint, I think, uh, footprints, so you can see what we're talking about. You know, right away, the footprint on the drum, where the old footprint on the drum was a heavier cut to the left side. So when you're going to check your footprint, turn the machine on and just, without moving, set it down on the floor, you know, a tiny little drum mark make sure that you give it enough though so you can see exactly what the print is now that old footprint would be a heavier cut on the left side a lighter cut on the right side being heavy heavy cut feather cut but now with today's equipment that footprint is not going to be heavy to one side or the other it's going to be a perfect line straight across
0: uh what else you got to look out for jo- uh rob joe what else <laughs> joe i going to call you Joe or John. Joe, John, Robbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you. Go ahead. I tell you I went to a funeral this weekend? No. I faked a bloody nose to leave. What? Why? Because I didn't want to be there. You'd had enough. Huh? And, and Judy was there. So I, I let, you know, she, she, uh, We were, we represented the family. So I I, I had other stuff I had to get done. So, and I didn't really know the person at all. I knew their family members, very lovely people. But, but,
1: all right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll dive into this.
0: How do you fake a, a a nosebleed? You take a tissue from your wife and you hold it to your nose and pinch your nose and you walk out. Like a purpose. Where did, did you leave her there? Did you go in separate cars? No, I left her there and I came back and picked her up. What am I, an animal?
1: No, not you.
0: No, so I picked her up after it was so over. So you
1: left her there. Did she know you were faking it?
0: Yeah. I said, I just, I said, do you have a tissue? She goes, yeah. She goes, why? I said, well, I'm going to leave. She goes, what? I said, yeah, I, you know, I I got stuff I got to get done. It was on a Sunday I, I, and I got I to gotta get going. So I, uh, Got out. I I waited till the preacher was like in the middle of something, before he started something else, and then I I, I just kind of walked out like you know had a purpose. Held a tissue to my nose like you know, and so there we go. Walk out. It's hard until you get to the door. When you get out to the door, it's freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I sit, don't. We,
1: I have we, no we, idea what you mean. I've never never tried anything like this in my life.
0: We sit towards the back of the, the back of the church or a service area, or whatever so you had this
1: planned out this wasn't you had oh no
0: no 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 you, you said you had no. your
1: seating right you had this plan well out.
0: I had the seating right I always sit in the back in case you know I mean I'm not in the median family or anything like that out of respect I sat towards the back and um I, I just feel like after about 15 minutes I did my thing you know
1: all right so, so you leave where mm-hmm. do you go for 45 minutes you had to be back in 45 minutes to pick Judy up. Where did you go?
0: I went home. We you only live a just, few minutes away. You went home?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Went did some home. bone of paperwork and stuff? or? Yeah, did some paperwork. Did you do that? Or did you just flip on the TV? or? No, no. I legitimately went back to work. And then um, Judy texts me. She goes, it's almost over. I get in the car. I come back and pick her up. I, um, you know, I'm okay with it. Well, of course you are. So.
1: All right. Well, La- if I go to your funeral, I'm going to make sure nobody pulls that stunt.
0: Yeah. If anybody does, you'll know. If it,
1: you, I'll, it, I know what's yeah. going on. At go. your funeral, I'm going to work the door in the back. Go. Get back in there. To, turn around. Go yeah. sit down. This yeah. ain't over. Yeah. You pay your respects.
0: Absolutely.
1: I don't care if you have a bloody nose, because anybody listening to this show is now going to go to your funeral just so they can do the bloody nose trick. Yeah. Not going to happen on my watch. There
0: will be four people there, so.
1: It's... Oh, come
0: on. Okay. Judy's going to have to rent out an arena for yours. Is gonna the rent football it she... field. It's going to have to rent out two people to help carry the casket. Unless you're all my brothers will. All right, what's your light source? What are you talking about?
1: Oh, well, I think a big thing that people don't pay attention to is sight lines. Sight lines, what is a homeowner going to see? So where you're starting the drum, where you're stopping the drum, where you're starting your finish, where you're finishing, um, stopping and starting what is the first place the homeowner is going to look at and when she walks into a room? Sightlines. Sightlines.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When you start looking at a room and where the light source is and where the sight lines are and how many cuts you got to make, all of a sudden it's going to tell you, you know, how many times have you just walked into a room and started sanding and then went, oh crap, I got to, I got to start over here. I should have started over here because now once your head
0: gets going around the mm-hmm. sight lines. I've always said uh, the floor tells you what it wants you to do. You know what I mean? The, to- mm-hmm. the floor dictates what you need. And sight lines is a massive, massive part of the equation. Uh, certainly, if not in the sanding process, which it is, it definitely would be in the finishing process. That's why the, the consistency of the tools today, you go back to the power drive where it can make everything dead flat and deadly consistent is huge i mean like you said i mean you walk in i mean coming upstairs as your eye becomes level with the floor i mean that's not natural right i mean you know we're mm-hmm. usually five feet off the floor that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a sight lane that you must 100 percent consider you know, uh, uh, the light sources coming in through windows and stuff like that. I mean, it makes a huge difference. So the equipment today could really, what, you know, you take the light source out of the equation, the job may have been phenomenal, may have been a great job, but you include the uh, certain light sources. You've got, you know, the face in the ocean, a lot of times out in the West Coast, everything's out, they want to see, they have the ocean view. You come in to sand the floors, you look with that light just streaming in, and then you try to say, "Well, that's not a natural light. It's natural to that house. Sure is. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's natural to that house. You see, it's all windows. So yeah, um, that, that's a that's a, the very much a part of the equation." You know, uh, talking about you know, I know we talk about the power
1: drive a lot. You're talking about equipment and everything. Uh, we had a we had a big training this week down in New Jersey. Uh, just a two day. But um we squeezed a lot of loving into that school. And uh we had a lot of people and um I all all the tech guys who could usually come out and help, everybody had schools last week. So um we always bring in Pedro Carrera, uh you've met Pedro a hundred times, just one of the nice kids the greatest guys in the business. He always helps us out with our schools with the uh, spanish translation but um we knew we were going to need another guy so i just helped uh, my son do a floor so i said hey um you want to come down and help help train for a couple days and he's like yeah i'd love to no kidding and yeah so it was fun you know had him down there for uh a couple days that is and awesome y- the, you know what was great was he's always kind of, eh, you know, been on the fence about the power drive because he's really never never put his hands on it. The last time he tried one was when they first came out and, uh, and they didn't have the weights. You know, it was no weight kit. And that was his really first time going at it with a power drive. But, you know, since then, that was probably five or six years ago. So since then, of course, you get the weight and the steel plates and, you know, all the good things that we have for the power drive now. Anyways, um he was he was working a panel for us. And he's I don't think he likes to admit it, but I think he loves training. You know, I know he loves doing floors, but I think he also gets something out of um you know, being a coach on a panel, you know. And uh all of a sudden I see him down and he's coloring in some marks, you know. And he had a new guy on the floor, so I walked over and I said, and he's always big for constantly with the light and looking at everything on his jobs he's like yeah we get some the guy was going a little too slow and he was leaving some real some sidelines in there some cuts you know from going too slow with the machine and uh he goes "Oh, so i'm coloring in so we take him out and i said no don't worry about it because the next cut's going to be with a power drive you'll be okay and he looked at him and he goes power drive isn't going to take that out <laughs> I said, you know what? the The power drive is going to take that out w- without you even trying to take them out. Believe me. And uh, I forgot all about it. And then we're driving home, and he's like, "That was pretty impressive." I said, "Really?" He, uh, what he told? He goes, "You're right. The power drive just took those marks out like they were nothing." I said, "Yeah, it's it's not the same machine that you." You saw five or six years ago, man, so uh, yeah, he was definitely on board now with the power drive.
0: that's pretty cool is that yeah the first, that was is that the first time you trained with him? No,
1: he helped us out years and years ago at our very first Christmas school, where we had so many people coming to that school that I needed an extra set of hands, and uh this school was the same thing. We had a lot of guys, but our uh, training team was out training. I mean, we had like three or four schools going last week all at the same time. So uh, we were out there. So I just said to him, Hey, you know, if you want, I could use a set of hands. And uh, so he, he loves training and he's really good at it. And he's really good with the products and he, uh, he's got a great eye for it too. So like I said, I would have never picked up those side marks mm-hmm. that that he was picking up.
0: I would venture to say that our our listeners that have been doing floors for any number of years, let's say ten years or whatever, I bet they would love to to help train on a, in a class. I, I think they would. I think they would. Uh, if, if they would learn, I said before, you learn so much about yourself and and about the the, the trade when you help somebody else do it and um and see what they get out of it and whatever and, and and when you start going step by step and and there's something that happens when you when you start giving away your knowledge to somebody else that uh, just kind of like changes the kind of the, your your whole approach and i think it's it's pretty cool i i never i said it before i i never never even thought about it until i started training and then right away then you start realizing how much you know You know what I mean? And then when you start telling someone how to run a machine, you realize that this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many more more things.
1: You know, when you were saying about the guy who stayed with you, uh, how he does five things, you know, don't don't teach any more than five things. Man, there's so many times, especially when you get somebody new to training, you know, new on our tech and training team. And, you know, they're watching me show somebody how to run a big machine. And then they'll kind of step in and go, no, you got to do this, this, and this. And, I, and I'm, I'm always like, just give it a little time, you know? And I said, we just give them three bullets to think about and then let them run the machine for 10 minutes, get some muscle memory, and then give them another three things to think about. And then when you see that they're getting their footwork right and, you know, moving the machine at the, you know, all the things that go with it, mm-hmm. um, but to throw 10 or 12 things at somebody, no, yeah. no way. Not going to work. Yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, it's tough when you're coaching kids. It's, you know, when you're coaching kids, my gosh, it's five. I think five's a lot. Yeah. Five's a lot for the little guys to, you know, mm. to get. You know what I mean? Just yeah, just start with a couple, add a couple more. Um, speaking about um, kids in sports. I want to give a shout out to my grandson, Luke. Luke has been playing, you know, some form of T-ball for the last couple of years, okay? And T-ball is, you know, everybody hits, nobody strikes out. Uh, you know, it's, everybody hits, everybody gets on base. It's a tie score at the end of every single game. Mm-hmm. But this was Luke's big transition year from going from that type of baseball to real baseball where he's going up against kids pitching, Mm -hmm. you know, and he had a rough start beginning of the year. First half of the year, he had a rough, rough start to the point where I was like, man, it's going to be tough for him to keep liking this. You know what I mean? I could just tell. And he's the kind of kid, if he's not excelling at it, you know, but, um, I was talking to his dad and his dad said, man, he is out every day using the swing trainer. I got him this, uh, you know, kind of a batting swing trainer thing. He's out there every day before school, practicing every day after school, practicing, hitting, throwing, hitting, throwing. And uh, I would say the last half, the last third of the season, it was awesome because I think baseball's beautiful. I know a lot of people think "Ah, baseball's boring, but, you know, there's something beautiful about baseball, I think, compared to, you know, other sports. And all of a sudden, you could just see that baseball clicked for him. You know, getting a hit when there's a guy on third base, stealing a base, you know, paying it. All of a sudden, the whole thing just clicked to him, right? To the point where... Like the second to last game of the season, Luke's coach called him out in front of the team and said, uh, Luke Chapman is definitely our RBI king, you know. So, yeah, and uh, I was so happy that the coach kind of pointed that out because, like I said, beginning of the year was a rough start for the little guy. But my God, by the end of the year, he was just just loving baseball. So I know that's a long, boring story, but. We were talking kids' sports. It was just awesome to see him get baseball.
0: That's very cool, and uh, I love the name Luke. I don't know who was he named after somebody, or uh, or how was that name how was that name come about? Uh, geez, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, one, yeah. one, one Maybe I should
1: ask him. Maybe I should yeah. ask my daughter. What? Yeah. I think it might have yeah. been a family name from Brian. Or Emily's husband, Brian, might be a family okay. name from their side, I think. Good, but, Good for him, uh, Good they for went him with, though. They went with classic names. Hmm. Luke and Jack.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Like, you know, if Jack Chapin isn't the captain of the USA hockey team someday, I'll be, you know, I'll be shocked. That's such yeah. a great hockey name, Jack that Chapin. That is.
0: Very cool. That's very cool. All right. Um What do you mean by make sure you're operating in the correct direction? Okay, we got that. Uh, Customer sight lines, we got that. Well, no,
1: we really didn't talk about. uh, We talked about setting the machine up and the footprint. But now you got to flip the machine over just to prove it to yourself, if you don't believe me. All belt sanders need to run from left side of the room to the right. And the reason being is you just flip your machine over and you'll see what I'm talking about, where the wheels line up behind the drum sander, behind the actual sanding head. Running from left to right, it's always all three wheels of the machine. are always gonna be running in a freshly sanded area. Running from right to left, that outside wheel on the left side of the machine Everything it touches, high board, low board, butt joint, seams, and everything is going to move the machine and telegraph to the cutting to the cutting head. So that's why everything left to right. And it's just absolutely shocking. And like I said, why? I mean, we were all taught that way. We were all taught right to left. We made the transition. Nobody really taught us back then. We went from drums to belts. So that's why it's that left to right to prove it to yourself just flip your machine over and you know, like I said if you run it in the wrong direction you see that outside wheel on the left side of the machine is just gonna hit everything and telegraph over to the cutting head so that's what I meant about running it in the proper direction
0: what about edging
1: same thing okay same thing your heavy cut on the edger is going to be on the right side of the machine and you're going to set it up so your cut your footprint is going to be between 12 and 3 and by setting it up between 12 and 3 and one of the reasons is it's more of a it's not a mechanical thing it's more of a dust collection thing you know we all know edges are notorious for dust pickup so by setting that setting that footprint up between 12 and three, you're going to get much
0: better dust pickup just because of the way the intake manifolds are. It's also nice too. I mean, uh, and in harmony of sanding the floors with somebody that, you know what I mean? That if you, if they're going from on the right side of the room to the left side of the room and you're starting on the left side of the room with the, the, the belt sander to the right side of the room, then somebody's going to be in your way. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. nice. Is there's no, is there anything worse than an as your guy being in your way? It's just, it just messes up your whole rhythm of your day exactly yeah so yeah. whether they you get them out of the way first or whatever i mean just you know it's nice that everybody's in concert yeah i always like the the
1: edger guy to follow me i do too i can make his life a lot easier
0: yes yes and and cutting i always in want
1: closets cutting around islands cutting in wherever yeah. i can do a lot of big machine work then really cut down on his edging
0: yeah i always figured
1: uh, i always figured you know that's the one thing that i owe to the guy here i am standing up mm -hmm. on the big machine yeah let me do as much as i can even running the machine side to side you know standing on the side of it and holding the stack and the handle and moving the machine that way just to get even more um i was a i was a friend to the edger
0: yeah i was a friend
1: to the edger man
0: Yep, you can absolutely be. And for that reason, I always wanted to follow the machine, too. And um, yeah, you're right. You can make that guy's life a whole lot easier um, yeah, just by knowing how what challenges he has as well. So, Right. Absolutely. And,
1: and, and if you don't like the guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's as close as I could get to the wall.
1: Yeah, hey, what do you want me to do, yeah, bang you, into you, the wall?
0: Yeah, you know my eyes are bad. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. The next time I tell you no sugar in the coffee,
0: it's no sugar in the coffee. That's right. Edger your man. Edger your man. <laughs> All right, customer sight line.
1: I am definitely going to show you how
0: to work. Listen, to here's, the not here's the deal. Here's a deal. I know you're I, an important man. I know exactly. Huge. I get it. I, I can't. I, I can. I never put my phone on silent ever because if I forget to not put on site, I don't want to miss somebody's phone call. You never know who's going to be calling me.
1: I was just going to say, yeah. you know, it could, could Im- be Sweden on the line for you. You, you could be you, Sweden, could be Germany.
0: You can't yeah, imagine, I can't. Rob.
1: I, yeah. You're right. I can't. Yeah. I absolutely cannot imagine that.
0: So sorry about this small disruption. <laughs> Customer sight line go
1: all it takes one little drum mark one little drum mark and her customers and her sight line now they're going to spend the rest of the day walking around with the sander's eye right uh-huh. the sander's eye everybody who sands floors gets it no matter where we go you can always tell a floor sander you included right? even though you're a director you still probably have that Sanders Eye everywhere you go, restaurant, friend's house, store, wherever. Where are you looking?
0: I'm sorry, I'm still still trying to get get past the word probably. <laughs> uh entrance ways. So important, man. Uh and it goes to the same thing, the sight lines of visible areas, kit, uh, bathrooms, kitchens, kitchens are a biggie around door areas um and and you know when you do look to to look at other people's work you know where the hot spots are and that's why i always look at like like uh in the island between in in the in the kitchen around the island that's it can be a challenging area i always look in that area there to see how it was sanded um round door casings and stuff like that you know uh those things are the areas that stand out can lights have changed the game uh as i look up in the room that has no can lights Mm -hmm. um Uh, They, they, you know, so those critical areas make a big difference too.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And that's probably one of the toughest places to cope is when you're walking out the door or walking out where she's going to walk in first. Yeah. Because now you're walking into that, you know, airflow, no airflow. That's why that area has to be just as clean
0: as the job site. For that reason, a lot of times I, I did not code out that front door. Uh, I found another, you know, another way to code out instead of going out the front door. Because uh, I know when you go they're going to swing that door open for the first time, it's the first thing they're going to see, mm-hmm. and that's going to judge everything. They open swing that door open, they see anything they don't like in that area that they're going to examine because it's their new floor, new finished floor. Um, that's not a place you want to have anything remotely close to a flaw
1: no matter of fact that's where I want my starter to be I want to start there because you always know that's going to be the best part of the job what else we got entrance ways. we just talked about entrance ways
0: everything we're prepping for during sanding is getting the first sealer coat down correctly burnish the final coat with 120 grit clean with Tampico
1: Burnishing the final cut with a 120 paper and then clean with a Tampico mm-hmm. all the difference in the world some of the best advice we can give anybody I think
0: you don't leave home without a fest tool you don't leave home without the fine soft round door jams and I'm telling you that Tampico brush is a is is a game changer so I'm I'm, I'm in love with that tool yeah it's a difference maker and it's it, a money it's a money maker because it, when you're talking on the estimate is where that comes in, in the most valuable use say listen you know we're going to see us vacuum these floors probably five or ten times while we're here but there's an additional step we do that most people will not do we take a, a tampico brush we put it on our, our buffer and we get down into the pores of the of the uh, of the soft grain and we extract that dust out that you cannot get with a vacuum cleaner and it sets it up for a beautiful finish coat. You know, it'll almost leave a sheen. Well, it does leave a sheen across the floor. It's so smooth. You tell a homeowner that. That message comes across. That's going to leave a. That's going to leave a, a mark. I was going to say. That's going to leave a, a. An impression. <laughs> it's going to leave a mark on the on the other guy's uh, bottom line because he's not getting this one.
1: Have you seen the uh, the picture of the um, what product management did? They took uh, a you know, picture with like a, a microscope or something of a floor that was sanded to 120 and then vacuumed intact. And then a floor that was sanded to 120 and was tampicoed. No. I sent you that picture. It's crazy. It'll blow you away. Yeah. And, you know, what we're looking for in that first coat of sealer, that's it. First coat of water-based sealer. Man, we get that right, everything falls into place. That's the one that's going to give us the toughest the toughest time. So that's why finishing with a 120 paper or a diamond rather than a screen and then hitting it with a Tampico brush, that's just going to extend the working time that we get with that first coat of sealer on bare wood. We've proven it
0: time and time again at,
1: at all of our classes.
0: It extends the open time and when that coat is done and it's sitting up pretty I mean like you said it is it, it sets you up for the for success all the way through and I never believed in the philosophy or it's just a seal coat we'll we'll buff it out I I, I don't know oh. why I, I just don't believe in that thought process um vacuum thoroughly tampico the floor um tend to wind to me as my opinion on the first coat get it down nice and even and uniform and um you're going to be set up pretty for the rest of your coats.
1: I I, I think it's the main coat. I think it's the most important coat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We get the it, first one down right, and it looks awesome. Everything is going to fall into place. The rest of the coats from there on in are going to be easier. Yeah. Absolutely. And as long as we don't have to fight it, like you said something, you know, a couple seconds ago, like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll buff that stuff out. Man, that's that's a nightmare. You're mm. going to fight that forever.
0: The other thing you do if the homeowner sees it at that point and they don't, they kind of lose his confidence a little bit, and you, you can say, "Yeah, well, it's just the first code, it'll buff out or whatever." But uh, there's just a little bit of uncomfortableness there on their part, like, "Wow, I didn't know it was going to be this." You know, it doesn't look smooth yet, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I just don't want to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, you were a fan of the Rocky movies.
0: Uh, somewhat. The earlier ones, especially. I don't like never the... did this, never did this in my life. So I told you Bum was working with us this week,
1: right? Mm-hmm. We're driving home there's Thursday night. We're driving home. And he goes, hey, you want to watch Rocky 3? Uh, Rocky walkie or Rocky? Nah, or yeah. Rocky. Rocky. He goes, you want to watch Rocky 3? I said, Rocky 3, what are you talking about? Uh, we're driving he sets it up on his phone and no kidding we're watching rocky three now of course i'm driving so i'm not watching him yeah. but yeah i want to know the sound effect that they use when they're hitting each other because mm-hmm. it sounds like a baseball bat hitting a heavy bag i mean it's some it's some unbelievable no unbelievable. i know you're a tough guy i know a tough guy you've You've had some fights and everything. When you punch somebody in the face, it's kind of silent,
0: right? It doesn't really sound much like anything.
1: It doesn't sound like anything,
0: right? Just, but, just um, whimpering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he asked me, he goes, what's your favorite Rocky? And I said, oh, definitely, you know, Rocky One." And I said, what's yours? You know, thinking... I think everybody should be Rocky 1.
0: Yeah. This is Rocky 4. Really? That's what I said. Yeah, no. It's got to be Rocky 1.
1: What are you talking about, Rocky 4? How how is it possible that Rocky 4 can be the best out of all the Rockies?
0: Did you pull over and let him out?
1: He he starts yelling at me. Dad, he ended the Cold War. One fight. (laughs) And it's the Cold War. I was like, oh, he, "He's thinking uh, about too literally." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you had to rate the five Rockies, how are you going to rate them?
0: I don't. I don't remember them um, uh, that well. I remember uh, Rocky All one right. Well, I'll, I'll run. I'll wait, run wh- it through. Wh- wh- wait. Wait a minute. Which one was did he fight the Russian the first time? That was. Uh, is that four? Thought the Russian once. That was okay. Four. That was a great one, but it wasn't. It wasn't the best. I I go one four. One in four. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. That's something. One in four. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody considers five anywhere. I think five is always going to be five. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. He fought was... Tommy Gunn, Tommy mm-hmm. Morrison.
0: Yeah, Tommy Morrison. It was.
1: So that's that's always going to be in fifth place for me. Yeah But I, I always thought the Mr. T.
0: That was a good Rocky, one.
1: Rocky three, well, Rocky three ranks number two for me. Number one is always going to. Rocky one. always going to be number one. But ranking him, I got to rank Rocky three when he fights Mr. T. I got to rank that in second place.
0: The problem with that is history. Because Rocky, Rocky you know, he was a beast, man. I mean, he was a frightening individual in that movie. But later on, he was like a lovable goof. You know what I mean, Mr. T? So it just doesn't stand up the same way. Lovable all right. Goof.
1: Yeah. Carl Weathers is jacked in all of those,
0: though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy crap. He is like jacked in that. Rocky had the worst cast wife of all time. She was not a good oh, wife. Oh, really? No, no, Adrian. No, no. She was not a good wife in that movie. Nor was Saturday night. Nor was Saturday Night Live's John Travolta's love interest. That was a bad too. That was bad casting. Oh, in Saturday Night Life? What was the name yeah. of that? Staying Alive. Was staying it staying alive. alive. Yeah, Staying Alive. That's what I meant. Staying Alive. Was that yeah. the name of the movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was saying yeah no his love interest
1: is that could have been his mother
0: yeah i i gotta tell you something i saw the greatest thing on netflix i've seen uh, i was riveted by it i'm fascinated by it i think everybody should watch it chimp empire is what? Uh, chimp like the chimpanzees chimp empire is absolutely fascinating to me how much they're like humans and and the hierarchy and, and the social um, beings that they are, it is absolutely one of the best things I've seen on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Well, that's just some of the things that, um, I, and I agree with you, Rob, as as far as uh, uh, you know, setting yourself up for for job sites. I think sight lines is is massive, something that we it needs to be taken into consideration. I, I mean, so many times that jobs have failed that were pretty decent jobs, very decent jobs, really good jobs. But sightline was what what caused the callback and was a deal breaker. Would have been fine probably in any other setting, any other light source. Take that light source out or like evening time or whatever or before the sun has come up and the floor looks fantastic. But the, the light source is a huge play. You can take a, a guy whose last nine jobs did a phenomenal job. Boy, I'd hire this guy every day. He's a stud. Put him on that 10th job and you have the light source in the wrong direction that that uh hinders him what he's done and just kind of cost him the whole job so and that's where that's where i feel that's where you see homeowners you know talk talk about a guy well, this guy must not have been very good or he took a shortcut or or he didn't do a good job in my blah blah blah, and over just they just don't understand how critical the light source or nor do they care uh how critical the light source is to a job site so let the what, let the was it let the light be with you? Go 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 forward in the light? I don't know. Okay. I thought it was
1: Let the Force Be With You.
0: Yeah, I can't stand those movies. I don't do uh I don't do science fiction.
1: You don't do the Star Wars stuff?
0: But this is not fiction. This is the truth. This is Okay tr- this is real, man. This is real. So we just keeping it real. Alright. It's been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.